0: You've landed on The Substance, a podcast aimed at being biblical, thoughtful, and human. Join us here every other week as we engage the culture without the culture war. I'm your host, Philip Marinello, and I'm really delighted to introduce this episode. Longtime listeners to the show, people that have been with us since, uh, what, 2018, 2019. Um, I know that some folks are going to be very excited about this. I've gotten a few uh, emails and messages over the last year or so saying hey like it'd be great to do a topic toss-up and that's kind of hard to do (laughs) with uh just me but as you can see since you've clicked on the title trevor is back trevor is a guy for those of you who are new uh trevor's a lifelong best friend of mine he's a guy who i i genuinely don't remember meeting our parents were in the same young married class together and trevor and i grew up in the nursery together he's about eight or nine months older than me but like I literally don't remember a time in my life that Trevor was not there. So it's uh, it was so great to have him back and to get back to some of our topic toss ups. We talk um, a lot of the topics we cover are things that we uh, are dear to our hearts that we have um, talked about on the show a bunch. And and our first topic, I'll be very interested to hear what your feedback is. Listeners. Um, Yeah. Just talking about our, our slogan and how we position ourselves. But this was. This was great. So, but if you're newer to the show here, uh, we are a variety show podcast where every other week we invite folks on who are smart, interesting, uh, engaged in important work in their communities, artists, activists, filmmakers, things like that. And we talk for about an hour about their work. Past guests include folks like Dr. Karen Swallow Pryor, Jamar Tisby, Robert P. Jones. Uh, Recording Artists Flame, Multi-Hyphenate Artists, and Everything Else Under the Sun, Propaganda, and Dr. Esau McCulley. You can go check out that library. We've got a lot of wonderful shows there. And moving forward, last, uh, last time on the show, we had... Uh, our first uh, film director on, John Carroll Lynch, and folks who've signed up for the Patreon, uh, you can actually watch the videos. So yeah, if you want to watch me and Trevor catch up together, you can do that for as little as $3 a month over on the Patreon. Uh, You get uncut and early episodes and video, along with being able to vote on future topics and things like that. So that's there. And we appreciate everybody who does that, as well as who gives us reviews on Spotify, iTunes, Apple, wherever. Share it with your friends. We appreciate that all. So without further ado, here's here's me and Trevor getting back into it. What's going on, dude? Dude. Welcome so
1: back. <laughs> dude, it's, it's good to be on with you and just hang out and talk. It's been a minute.
0: Uh, it really it. has. I, oh, you were on for Caitlin Chess. I was going to say, I feel yeah. like Lent was your last one, but you did come on for it's um, Lent again. The ballad in the Bible. That's true. Josh, so in the last two that? years, this is your <laughs> second or third in two years in, in a year. Yeah. Right? No Lent I'll is up. I still have the ballad in the Bible. Still got, trying like, a to figure snack. out what is. <laughs> This is my. I did Ash Wednesday again this year. Yeah. Um. And I'm doing Lent again this year. Nice. It's we so just read the bookshelf. Built. So I guess
1: your Patreon, pre Patreon, patron, whatever, whoever's they patrons see. on Patreon. <laughs> nice. Let's see my, book, my new bookshelf. There it is.
0: Yeah. So great, whichever saying, audio. whichever saying if uh, patrons of the show get, uh, get the show early and on video on the Patreon. So if you're interested in early exclusive video of the show, you can sign up for as little as three bucks a month there, but, Thanks for that little plug there, Trev. But yeah, dude. Hey, no worries. It's uh, good to have you back on. This will be- in both cities. We are we are creeping up. Oh, yeah. You got your Kansas City shirt and your Austin hat. I like that's it. That's right. And we're creeping up on 150, dude. Dude. that's <laughs> How's I mean, that feel? You've been faithful. It's it's great, dude. That's and awesome. And this kind of your legacy, too. I've been- You've been gone for how long now? More than a year, because Lent- Feels like it. Was one of your last ones, right? Yeah. Um, With Esau?
1: Yeah, that I was maybe so. your
0: last one. I think you had left and came back for that one because you're like, yeah, I would like to talk to you. Uh, Very understandably. No, I think I was still was that on maybe for that last... one. I was,
1: I was still on for that one. I don't remember exactly how it all panned out. I think, I think my episodes went into March or April or something like that. Yeah. It's probably been about a year and a lot has happened. We have a six month old boy. Now me and Christina, were talking about this. Like what, it, was it the transition to three that was hard? Was it everything that life hit us with Oof. that it was hard? And like, it's hard to like really parse it all out because like a lot of these things that life hit us with would have been easier, not with three. Sure. Um, but at the same time, it's not really fair to say, you know, oh, well, the transition two to three was so hard on its own because it's like, but all this stuff happened at the same time. So I don't know. I don't know exactly how to parse it all out, but it's been, it's been a four months of crazy.
0: And he's oh. a real cute little guy.
1: He is. He's a sweet guy. He's, he's very loving. I just checked
0: April was the farewell to Trevor and Vince. There you episode. go. See,
1: that's what I thought. I remember. So, got... I've been
0: gone for nearly a year. So, yeah, this is your yeah. first time back, or your second time back in a year. You did do the Caitlin one. Yeah. That was a great conversation. And I think, dude, a uh, little preview. Uh, we're going to be getting to some of that here in this episode. Oh, mm-hmm. we haven't announced the format yet. Uh, so, we are. Oh, we're we, back. I got Trevor back to do a topic toss-up we've had a number of uh, messages about me no what i'm saying is we've had a number of messages and people whenever i solicit like hey what kind of guests or what kind of topics i've had a few people say hey like i'd love to do a topic toss-up again and then in my mind i'm like i would love that too but like do i get a guest host do i invite like editor dave on or like somebody like alexis or somebody like these are all good ideas has a regular like eric nevins or somebody but then i was like oh i should have trevor back on and we should do we should do like an old school topic toss i feel like this kind of evolved out of our audio messages back and forth over the last couple weeks oh that's (laughs) true well you are a strange person not strange, In a lot of what's ways. The right way. Yes, no, you that's true. You are a a challenging person <laughs> to regularly remotely stay in touch with. No, absolutely. You're not a great texter backer. No, I'm terrible. And you're not on Marco Polo anymore. No, I hate and social media. You like long-form talk. Yes. So what Trevor and I do, listener, this is my best friend. Like whenever we were together, we'd like, oh, let's let's grab a beer, let's go hang out, let's go grab some barbecue, let's go whatever. Yeah, uh, and then we would talk for a while. But now, I open my phone and I see oh, six and a half minute voice note from Trevor. I hope I don't get a phone call or a text while I'm playing. There you go. This. They've and, <laughs> and to iOS's credit, they've made the experience <coughs> of the audio messaging
1: listening way better. There's transcripts now. You can actually lock your phone screen, and it doesn't just turn off and start you back over at the very beginning. Uh, so that's been very helpful because before it was like no. It's just cruel to send anyone a audio Anything message longer that's, than that's two longer minutes. than 60 seconds. Yeah, it's, it's like evil.
0: Literally, I, because the nature of my job, I've talked about it before, um, I work in the emergency services world. So I get calls yeah. and texts all the time. So I'm listening to one of Trevor's five-minute voice notes. Yeah, and I get to oh, up friggin' got to go back to the start. Yeah. And like, I can't navigate through it and be like, yeah. Oh, let's skip to minute too. Yeah. But
1: now you can, <laughs> now you can do all that. Can I? Okay. Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's it's exciting. Still, yeah. So anyhow, um, maybe you need to update your iOS, but um, there or you go. Or just update
0: my uh, technological proficiency. Cause I'm sure that, that. It, that on my, I'm too. sure on my work phone, it's up to date. At least my there personal phone, Tim Apple, is uh, sabotaging <laughs> trying to get me to buy a new one planned obsolescence
1: oh yeah. my goodness. let's talk about the corporate manipulations that are real
0: um, um well hey we're right. we'll i'm there. sure we will touch on that a little so this may yeah. go a little long we'll see maybe i should get like a clock or a bell out i know right
1: um, like are you gonna talk with him for two hours I'm like oh, we'll <laughs> see what happens Might you be know midnight. what
0: <laughs> we'll see and uh yeah patrons can watch that whole like i think the idea maybe with the initial video is that we might just throw up the whole video if something is super egregious i might say hey dave cut that but <laughs> for the the supporters it's yeah like here's here's the whole thing um you
1: have my whole episode on swearing so it's not going to be that kind of egregious
0: <laughs> so th- there has been a little bit of a uh, movement on that i don't i know you haven't listened in a while like i don't swear on the show but it's I I think with our audience, I haven't heard any negative feedback. We still bleep or mute out like strong, strong language, but like I'm not having the guests really corrupt in the youth. And if it's, Yes, the youth, the 25 to 34 year olds gone for a year, (laughs) the 25 to 34 year olds who are like 65% of our our listenership, the youth who wouldn't have cursed unless they heard (laughs) it on this show first. I still think propaganda probably let the most fly out of anybody. Probably. Talking about potential progress. uh, The first topic that uh, we would talk about is this is something that I'm not firm on. And hmm. I even think it'll be fun to kind of work through with you. It's the uh, the tagline of the show, which, shoot, five, six years ago, we sat down in a coffee shop and hammered out together.
1: Was it that long ago? But still, it's been a minute. You're speaking of our tagline, biblical, thoughtful human.
0: I am. So I have been pondering, especially with just the fractures and the extremism mm-hmm. and the the vitriol out there by people yeah. who identify as Christ like do we keep biblical mm. and if we don't do we just drop it do we change it cuz like and i'm especially thinking about this as we are expanding the show as far as like the guests and artists and activists and like people who we are having on When I do my pre recorded intro and I say, you've landed on the substance, a podcast aimed at being biblical, thoughtful, and human. Like, I've been asking myself the question of, like, if I was a new listener and it's like, hey, they've got on Josh Larson from Film Spotting or they've got on Jamar Tisby or whatever, like, I want to hear what they have to say. And then if the first thing I hear is biblical, like, what kind of associations are there? Like, what do I want to communicate? And is (laughs) biblical the best word? For that, given the way the Bible is being kind of used to harm folks. So I feel like having (sighs) you on, like we hammered that out to begin with. And I'm I'm not like, oh, let's get away from the Bible. Still a Bible (laughs) guy. I think the Bible is very important. Yeah. But the way the Bible is used in the culture war, I'm just asking myself the question of, like, what does that communicate?
1: Yeah. No, I think it's, you know, it's always... It's always something on the podcast that you have to think about like what what are we presenting to others like what what is our space like what is what what is it that we're trying to do here what does identify us what are the key markers um who who are we speaking to and you know from what place are we doing that and so I think it's it's always right to revisit those things and you know I would never say that you're beholden to my opinions on that since it's you know a year since I'm I've kind of moved on from the podcast so you can do whatever you want. You're a trusted voice. We
0: did this together. I know you Mm -hmm. don't listen to every episode now. You've got a lot going on. I remember in my hyper fundamental evangelical church, even when I was young, one of the pastors who now like I hope I could I, I, I imagine I could probably have a very nice lunch with if we stayed to like neutral topics is somebody who I imagine in a number of ways, like we would have a lot of differences. Even when I was a kid, this pastor preached on like the dangers of like idolizing the Bible. Mm-hmm. And like, he called it yeah. bibliolatry. Like he even I coined a term for that. And I was like, oh, like well, that's interesting. Like people who view the Bible too highly, huh? Like I had never thought of that before. So like now thinking about that, like, people take the bible say this is perfectly perfect like our english version is perfectly inerrant and perfect and my interpretation of it is perfect and if you're on the wrong side of that i'm going to use it to bludgeon you and that's what a lot of people mean by biblical
1: yeah and that's not really what i want to invoke we knew that danger early on so like I know sometimes on this that podcast, true. True. as I've gone and listened back to myself, it, I've noticed that it takes me forever to say the thing that I'm trying to say. So I'm going to try to sum it up. But, but like the main thing is initially when we put together Biblical and Thoughtful, but, I think yeah. I, in, in human, that was the thing. So like we, we had had a tagline before that I forget now actually, but we changed it to be biblical. It was like faith,
0: culture, and theology. Like faith I think we we're just being theology. like super broad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, when you have faith, culture, theology, one, it's broad, and two, you just sound like every other Culture War podcast out there. Yeah. Um, and biblical, thoughtful, human, we we, we brought that in because I, we felt like so many of these spaces f- that claim to be biblical failed to be human.
0: Or thoughtful. Failed, <laughs> failed to be hot,
1: thoughtful as well. Um, but like really just miss, like, the heart of things, miss the um, relationship side of it, miss the empathetic side of it, miss the compassionate side of, of Christianity, um, and in that way, honestly, miss the biblical side as well. Truly. Um, but that's why we put human in there, but what one of the other, so that's my first thought is that we, we put human in there at the very beginning to actually... Because we recognize that just saying biblical and thoughtful would communicate something that's that was a, a problem, honestly, it was different than what we were trying to communicate.
0: Yeah, like the anti-woke, hyper-masculine, yeah. like, domineering podcast, like, biblical, just Life. thoughtful, yeah. like, that would Conservative be- Conservative be-
1: radio. But here's what I've come to see, too, is that on the other side of it, there's two things that are really hard. Like- to be a Christian is to live in paradox and it, it just seems like that all the time. And what's really weird to me now is that I have very firm beliefs about the scripture. Um, I still have like, I'm still very convinced of very like, like draw a line positions on a lot of different things. I'm more open about some other things actually that I didn't used to be. I still do argue from the scripture, but the difference is I don't, think everyone has to agree with me anymore obviously certain key things but like within the faith it's it's really broad and i feel like that's unique in a way because or difficult because it's easier to say that the bible itself doesn't answer something and that the the bible itself is vague on something and just say well i don't know i don't know what the bible teaches um and so yeah you think it's this that's other person thinks it's this um that's all okay because it's you know, who knows? And it's, I think it's harder to be like, no, I I really do feel like I know what the Bible teaches and that what you're saying is not it, but I accept you anyway. And actually I appreciate you for that position that I disagree with. Yeah, And so I think like being a voice in the culture that would say something like that, that would say, no, we're biblical and then live it out in that way. It's just so different because people are used to A or B. They're used to no, like this is what like, I think if about you're the Bible. A Bible.
0: Person, you're like hardline, and so then intolerant. It's my goal, no how, or, matter no
1: matter how nice you are about it, like it's my goal. If I think a thing about the Bible, to make you think that thing about the Bible,
0: and if or, you don't like, we can't be in fellowship.
1: Exactly. Or on the other side, well, I don't, I don't actually have like firm, deep convictions about what the Bible says. Therefore, I can be open. So I think that that being in the middle is that hard spot where you think and, and is something that's worth representing where, where it's like, no, I believe the Bible is authoritative and clear. I believe it is understandable that you can read it and come away with, this is what it intended me to think and, and know about what God was trying to say. And at the same time, be charitable, be human, and recognize that other people are going to go through the exact same process as you, with the same integrity as you, with the you know same love of Jesus as you are better and come to different conclusions and that's okay and and I think that's that is a position worth representing in the christian culture
0: because i i, I feel like you don't see it a lot yeah i don't disagree and that's part of why i haven't dropped it like the people who are new, last episode mm-hmm. that we had, John Carroll Lynch, he actually is somewhat engaged Catholic to a degree, but like he made a really good movie and like he just came on because he's an actor and he made a movie and he said, so like when I said that, I was like, oh, biblical, thoughtful human. I'm like, I wonder what in the world, like the people who enjoy his work coming, like hearing like, what is he doing on the show? Like, mm-hmm. and not that I feel bad about saying oh like we are coming at it from a christian perspective like our our takes our positions like mm-hmm. this is what we're shaped by i just want to be like not putting forth all the things that you said that that go like the the uncharitable intolerant like typical positions that if you heard a podcast going yeah, we're biblical here on XYZ podcast. I'm in various different podcasting groups. The ones that I'm in around like faith and spirituality. Honestly, the the lion's share of those podcasts when it comes time to like sharing links and hey, here's what we published on this week, it's just not in any way anything that I want to be associated with. Yeah. So I'm just like how do I differentiate? Maybe I differentiate just by like continuing to like live out the ethos that like we established and that we have been living out.
1: Yeah. I think you live it out. And, and you know, I was thinking about this as I came on, but I think the rightest thing, maybe one of the rightest things we ever said on the (laughs) podcast uh, was that your community is the thing that shapes what you believe. People need communities that live that out. And it's hard if you're, you know, in a fundamentalist community where it's hardline, or honestly, if you're in the other, if you're in a very progressive community that wants to yield a lot of ground on the Bible being clear or authoritative, it could be hard to, to think that this middle ground exists. And, you know, there's community out there, there's communities out there where it does exist. And um, you kind of learn how to exist in that space. Not that it's easy, by being a part of that, but I think some people who are looking for that breath of fresh air, whether it's because they're in a fundamental a fundamentalist community or whether it's because they're in a space where they're questioning and and want to hear something solid, they can find that community sometimes in a podcast group, in a Patreon, in a whatever you know. Like they can sure. find other people in that space, and so I don't know. I kind of think it gives you a a beacon of light to continue to show to folks that, yeah. Hey, we're we're not compromising about the fact that, yeah, we're trying to be biblical. We're trying to think things through from a biblical lens from that authority, but that doesn't mean we think we're the rightest. And so therefore like you need to come to our side or we're going to bash you over the head. That doesn't mean that we're not going to call people out. That doesn't mean we're not going to make moral claims. Like I, I, And I think this was the way of Jesus too, right? Yeah,
0: not calling people out has never been a a problem. I mean, like from episode one, we were like, here are problems inside and outside of the church.
1: Like if you look at Jesus's life and ministry, he refused to take a political side. He was a um, theological conservative in a lot of ways, sometimes even more so than the theological conservatives of his day because he cared more about like human values than they did. And he refused to fit in boxes. He refused to take A, B questions. He would find his third way out of it, um, which was usually closer to the truth. Well, obviously was closer to the truth. (laughs) Um, And he did so in a way that was compassionate and not belligerent, you know, but at the same time, like had a message, had a belief, had, had firm truth. And so I, I think that's why like everybody kind of co-ops Jesus to their side, right? Like, you know, you have the fundamentalists who are like, well, no, like he stood on the word and said, haven't you read the scriptures and you have the progressives who say, well, didn't you see like the way he was compassionate and didn't beat people over the head with his theology? but he gathered to the outcast? And it's like, yeah, the crazy thing was he did both.
0: Yeah, and I'm and as I've been brainstorming, I'm like all the other like one words of like what are we at the substance and a nutshell like put it in a sentence Mm -hmm. or whatever like all the other words to substitute for it like I have not found a good one theology is not a good one you could think as you know theological or
1: theol like
0: theological thoughtful human no 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 yeah it doesn't or like maybe just if we're not just doing no, three all, words, but like, I was like, what could we do? Like compassionate. Not, like I want something that is it's like, cheesy. We are like principled or God word. And I was just like, I kind of mm. feel like a lot of those other things kind of fall short of what biblical does. Mm-hmm. Like I would like the good things about biblical without the package. And I think, and I don't know if, i can do that like in there might be a solution uh, out there a sentence i'm sure listeners if you've got somebody's probably listening right now it's like hello like this word the substance pod at gmail.com yeah dms are open on instagram oh if you got a great word or a new slogan we might retool the slogans here We're, we're creeping up on 150 it may uh like just get a little bit of a facelift but it'll still be the same substance no problem Trev, what did you want to hit next? You were just talking about how, like,
1: what people think about the Bible gets kind of branded as what the Bible actually teaches, and therefore you can beat people over the head with it. And I think that, I think that, like, how many, how many conferences or summer seminars or summer series or just honestly, like, writing energy, creative energy goes into talking about male and female roles in the church, in the culture all the Far time around that way more than the Bible actually devotes to that topic.
0: Yeah. I was scrolling on Instagram and Southside rabbi, I feel yeah, like I hasn't it. put out a whole lot of stuff in a while. Oh. And I, I like saw, some their, I saw some of their reels and one of them, like they talk and engage a lot. With the hyper-masculinity, like, they talk Mm. about that, and, like, the the Manosphere influencers and all that. Yeah. And there was one of their shorts- Interesting. That was basically saying, like, in agreement, like, men really have it hard now, guys. Mm. Like, their education, their earning potential, their this and that. And it makes sense why they would turn to folks like Andrew Tate and Hmm. da-da-da-da-da it's like. I like I kind of sort of get this to a point, but it to my ears and eyes, and maybe it was like just the clip out of context. Like I went back and listened to the whole episode and I felt differently after I listened to the whole episode. Then like, this is what they chose to, they chose this to clip it out and put it sure. on social media to get the views. Put and I'm your, like, you put your hot sounds- thing out there, right? It sounded extremely in agreement, like not, not merely this is an understandable phenomenon, but like, of course they would like, and I get that to a point, but it, but it sounded very much in agreement of like, yeah, obviously like there's not getting masculinity from like the faith community. So of course they're going to seek out Andrew Tate, like there aren't enough great masculine role models out there in faith communities. So they're going to seek out all these like misogynist <laughs> criminals. Is, is, it, is that really, like, really landed?
1: So like,
0: I listened to the whole episode today and listening to the show, didn't just seem for the sake as, of context is why I'm asking that. No, it it <laughs> didn't, it did not seem quite as egregious listening to the episode, but and like, I think there's a way to say, this is an understandable phenomenon and here's how we combat it. But like the grievances uh, on the clip that they put out, it was almost like a, we agree with these grievances. Like men are under attack. And I'm just like, the men are under attack position seemed a whole lot. Like white folks who I know go, you know what? Like all this diversity and reparation talk and, all this stuff, like white folks are under attack. Like what's going to be the future of my white children. If like, what black will happen folks if we just we don't getting, have
1: racism to like to black folks us. are just getting
0: promoted. And like, this seemed like the, the gendered version of that. Right. Cause it's like, if, if women want equality, then like men are going to lose out on opportunities. And it's just like, it seemed to miss the systemic natures of like, you know what? Mm-hmm. like, hyper capitalism sucks like education for profit the fact that you can be like six figures in debt to get a college education to get a crappy job that sucks like all these other systems that are systems of exploitation that don't want to make more when they could easily make more and there could be more for everybody there's like there's only this small pie, and if we're giving women more of it, men are necessarily getting less. Yeah, it's like it a just false seemed like a very dilemma. broken uh-huh. like perspective. It just seemed like a fundamentally flawed view of the things, especially based on that clip. I still uh-huh. think their view may be a little bit whack, but like, particularly with that clip that they put out there, I was like, Trev, what do you think about yeah. this? It seems a lot like the gendered version of like. A lot of the stuff we've talked about regarding race.
1: Like movements towards equality can feel like oppression. So
0: there is that whole side of it. And the think- vague like being a man is under attack. You can't be a man. Like kind of vaguely, like, oh uh, like aggression. Which is ridiculous
1: because there's like half the population being a man on any given day.
0: But it's like the stereotypical where it's like, if there's any aggression, like we're becoming a more feminine. It seemed like it was that like, oh, like the masculine, but like like masculinity is demonized. I'm like, uh, I I get like, you can say that vaguely. It depends on how you define masculinity,
1: which is, it's, which is a cultural concept, right? You know what I mean? Like if, if you, if you assign attributes to masculinity that are negative, Um, or that are not welcome in the culture anymore because they're harmful in a lot of cases. Then, Or just like
0: vague and culturally like made up, like women exercise, women hunt as well. Like all these, like women work with their hands outside, like whatever you're, you're doing. It just seemed kind of like, well, and the question I always have with stuff
1: like that is what does that have anything to do with the Bible? Because like, that's, that's the thing that gets me is where like people want to import some of these cultural ideas on, on what does it mean to be a man? it's like, well, like check your chromosome. What's funny is the Bible doesn't actually say as much about like being a good man or being a good woman in those kind of gendered ways as it talks about just like how to follow Jesus. And well, yeah, which and applies mean, more universally. Sure. So you know what I mean like it's it's very interesting when we get into these oh what is this crisis this kind of thing and I I don't know I I remember a number of years back just seeing online communities that were getting into these spaces and and I would say what it is is just a grievance like people not people are struggling socially with social interaction with um, being able to relate Sometimes being able to relate specifically to the opposite sex
0: in ways. Yeah, they talked on the long form show. They were like, yeah, like men's dating numbers, men's da 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 da. And like when Mm -hmm. women are earning more, it's hard for them to find a mate and all this stuff. And it's like, there are a lot of things Mm -hmm. going on in there. And you can't just say masculinity is under attack. So therefore, let's shore up with like our aggro. Like misogynist idiots and like try to trample the women and, and like get our space back. And I don't know that it's all the same as
1: like, you know, the racial debates that go on because there are some like there are some things that are really interesting and legitimate, like, you know, uh, wage growth since the 1970s um, is almost completely attributed to the growth in wages for women, right? Guys, wages it's basically been stagnant over that period. And so you can say, oh, well then see like, you know, feminism did this, that, and the other. Well, not exactly because.
0: Who, no, it's greed. That, that, yeah. is, that is who economical was in injustice. charge. Who is in charge? Who is,
1: yeah, making those decisions uh, that payroll was going to be that way. Exactly. And so.
0: You see these companies like quarter after quarter, year after year going, we made all this money. Right. And like your house went up, your medical bills went up, your car went up. And like, your paycheck didn't really go up. And then you're like, wow, these women, like they're, they're the enemy. It's like, Like, hold
1: on. Like, first of all, like, yeah, there's, there's like billions of profit just in general. And then we're constantly measured on growth. So it's like there was this percent more profit this year than last year, but here's, here's your very generous 3% raise. Like, okay, cool. Yeah. That's part of the system. And, and what, what this has in common with race is that like race, like we we did that movie we did Meituan and it it was shown beautifully in that film how race was used to divide the interests of the working class, the people who need to unite to be democratically represented and their interests represented well in their government, their community. It was a way to divide people so that People who were exploiting people for profit could continue to do so um, with less united opposition. And this is similar, right? So, just like people do that with race, you know, people, you know, are going to do that with gender as well. They're going to use all of this panic and this, you know, they're going to exploit the introduction of all the women into the labor force in order to keep wages low. For everybody in general, while still saying that they're giving progress to this one side, it's you see it all the time. You see you see corporations co-opt like Black Lives Matter and, you know, diversity movements and things like that and then not actually do anything. And so, you know, we have all the white people who are like, we're just getting diversity shoved down our throat. And like they kind of are in ways that are really stupid and dumb. And meaningless.
0: And then it, meanwhile, in performative ways.
1: And then meanwhile, you have like the actual minorities who are working in these companies who are not seeing, you know, change. They're not seeing equal representation, not seeing equal opportunities, like because it's just a band aid. It's just you pay somebody to do a program and then you don't change anything about what you actually value because what you actually value is the ability to extract wealth. From people, well,
0: and then you also discourage the people you're ostensibly trying to help, too, right? Because then you're like rah 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 diversity, and then the people who are previously at a disadvantage go, well, like we have that, but like I'm not really helped, so like what good even is it? Exactly. And then the other people are like, you're taking our attention. The other folks are like, well, nothing really worked, and then like it's just the cycle continues.
1: Exactly, and so you have you have to have people who recognize that that's the case and are able to call out the wrong applications of, you know, maybe like, and, and empathize with people's real experience of that, right? Like there's, there's an experience of being under attack as a man or whatever that has some like accordance with truth. They would pro- they maybe don't, people maybe don't understand it correctly. Maybe don't have the correct target for their ire. But at the end of the day, those feelings exist for a reason even if it's not a legitimate reason
0: it's yeah if you're if you're identifying it wrong yeah you can still say hey the numbers are men are making less money the numbers are young men are killing themselves at higher rates the numbers are whatever Mm -hmm. yeah but like how do you view that and how do you approach something resembling progress and a solution well and and
1: the thing is about that too is that Christianity, uh, especially like evangelical Christianity, that you know believes in the authority of the scriptures, like has a way that we approach that right. Like there's a way that you approach those kind of issues in protest and you know self sacrifice and these kind of things that do not involve putting other people down. Do not involve denigrating the other sex because, you know, you, you feel like you need to say these things about women or you need to. And like, I feel like it's gotten really, really bad out there as far as like how toxic some stuff is. Like you can just like I, all the, the only social media I use is YouTube um, which is, you know, kind of on the fringe of social media in some ways. And I never sign into an account. So, like, what's really interesting is every now and then, if you delete the app and re-download it, it, it just gives you, like, Mr. Beast videos and, like, whatever's the the newest, freshest thing. If you just take a blank account of YouTube and you search, like, soccer highlights or something like that, you will find highlights making fun of women's soccer. If you find, like, very quickly, like, early, early in the search results. Huh. Same thing about basketball. Like, you will find people dunking on, no pun intended. The NBA, the <laughs> WNBA, right? You'll find people who have all these stats who who make sure. all these arguments on how you know this sport is lesser because it's played by one or whatever. And like, huh? It's it's very interesting to me how invested and how profiled these arguments become. Um, and and I think that what we can't fail to acknowledge in the middle of this, and this maybe opens up an entire can of worms, is that like. Even though churches the the mainline church position, you know, in what I think of as white evangelical Christianity is that, you know, oh well, men and women have the same equality before God,
0: but separate know, but equal.
1: But women can't do, you know, all this other stuff because and then that's where it gets thorny. Because yeah. as soon as you answer it, it the question, it necessarily gets... it does. And and you, what you end up doing is you have a message that says on its face that women are equal, but then in its teaching actually teaches that women are not. That they're more inherently sinful. For example, they're more inherently susceptible to deceit, which means are, are they more gullible? Like
0: or less because, trustworthy? Because or they're less a woman capable.
1: Or, yeah. yeah. Um. And so there's there's a lot of this teaching that like women hear it loud and clear. Um, that they are being taught that they are less than, that they are more sin prone in certain ways that they, you know, and, and some, and this gets more explicit in some cases than others. I mean, I'm talking about the mildest cases here, but this gets, I mean, I'm sure some of our listeners have some, Oh yeah. Really, really hairy stories around some of these things that have been taught. Like uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine who was talking about a church that he was interacting with here in Texas that was like teaching at conferences that women didn't have the Holy Spirit. Jeez. Oh, um, yeah. Some crazy stuff. So like, anyway, like we can't pretend that we're innocent of this either, uh, in the church that, that these, these things aren't in are in the theology in certain ways, uh, and in ways that the church really needs to inspect because when you have a lot of young men who, now even in the Christian communities are reaching out to um, like these influencers and everything. Oof, I mean, yeah. it's just, there's a huge discernment problem first off and then second, it's just a huge misunderstanding of what it means to be like a Christian male, like be like Jesus. You don't have to have a boy knife and uh, you know, your tent and your flannel shirt and your camp axe, and your freaking hunting rifle to be a man. None of that makes you a man. Like, there's- Yeah, like, the importing of a, the cultural a human of good character. Like, Jesus is the example for men and women, right? He shows us the way to be a man. He shows us the way to be a woman. Be like him. Like it's we make this way too complicated, and it's because for a lot of things I think we're importing. Probably, if you go back in history, you would find that it's related to the Cold War and fears around, you know, what what it would take to defend our nation, and and are we are we you know not being masculine enough to to be able to, you know, staff our military and and defend sure. the homeland against the threats of communism or whatever. <laughs> and and that gets all bundled up in this idea of Christian. You know, my kid today was like talking to me about the song I'm in the Lord's Army, which is a cute Christian song, but I was thinking about like outside of the armor of God and Second Timothy two, two talking about the soldier's discipline, which are both analogies to the Roman army that are like not saying that you're actually a soldier in God's army in any way.
0: It was like uh, an object lesson. I'm trying to think. You're familiar with soldiers. Yeah. Like this part of a soldier, like that's kind of what it's like to be a follower of Jesus. But people be out here actually
1: thinking that they're literally, like God has a literal army that they're enlisted in. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of a new Testament reference that talks about that at all.
0: I, I, I ran across the American myth of like redemptive violence The Mm. importance of personal property and all this crap. Mm. This guy, one of the freaking Babylon B guys, trying to dunk on compassionate people, going, Well, by this logic, like the person trying to break into my house is my neighbor. And everybody's like, Yeah, Yeah. guy. (laughs) Yeah, that actually. (laughs) Like, like the, the loving your neighbor. And actually, like Jesus said, one of my Lenten practices this time that I'm doing is every Monday through Friday. Every day I'm, I'm going through the Sermon on the Mount and, like, just really struck by the passage in Matthew 5 where Jesus says, You've been told, like, love your friend and hate your enemy. But I tell you, mm. love your enemy. And literally, I came across this a couple of days ago. This guy's like, "Who, who what? Like wh- what is my neighbor, somebody who wants to do me harm? Is that my neighbor?" <laughs> and like, then all these people were like, "Actually, do you you may have stumbled onto like this <laughs> this very basic thing." We're like, "Yeah." Yeah. Like,
1: yeah, that's that's
0: Not that violence is yeah, never, never ever like the Bible talks about like there is a time for everything, but I feel like there's a lot of, particularly the hyper masculine guys who like long for violence. Yes. Like it's never, it, yeah, I am not well, saying. And, they, and
1: it's because they actually have had like mentors, leaders, idols in the faith who are were constantly pining for a fight. And we pedestaled people who were constantly telling us what the next fight was. Who who is what were the? And we talked lines? about that before in yeah.
0: the show. Like the, the that's why we next have that great generation. threat to our church. Because like we for a brief period of time, you and I talked about this exactly. a bunch. Like we were excited. We're like, oh, I wonder if like our generation and the next one will like chill the heck out from like the boomers who are longing for a fight. And the studies are showing that like Gen <sighs> X or whoever's after that, like no, they're even more radical. yeah Yeah. like because this is baked into it like i love a good martial arts movie this year i am watching a buttload of westerns uh italian and american westerns i'm watching a ton and like they're fun i like them like i i don't mind these things in a story but like you see the people who like the romanticizing of violence and like violence as like a purifying thing like it gets scary how that can like get mixed in to the religious fervor and like you have these people basically saying like I hope to engage in holy warfare and you're like bro where are you reading this where did you get this from any of the words of Jesus
1: mm. yeah yeah man um.
0: and going into our next topic uh, not only bad actors in like Uh, the, uh, offshoots like the parachurch, uh, money-making organizations and YouTube channels and podcasts like, uh, political parties are happy to, to use these grievances to, uh, gain and keep power as well. Yeah. You
1: know, it's interesting too, because like when we think about like, oh, what's the next great, you know, faith battle and all that kind of stuff. I think that like there's sense of truth in there. And I think that Satan has a playbook and that's why I think when we get in this next topic on like Christian political engagement, like what are good faith ways that Christians engage in politics and is it good for Christians to engage in politics and what, how, how should they do so, etc. Like I think it, You have to start off defining your terms because when you look at history, it seems as if one of the greatest tools that Satan has used to harm people, destroy lives, discredit the church, harm the cause of Christ, and generally just promote chaos and mayhem is Christians engage in politics. Yeah. Because if you can get a Christian-like society or community to get involved in a like, wrong-headed political mission, it not only can have the power through that political power to harm that community and the community around it and in lives, and, I mean, just look at, the, like, the Inquisition, the Catholic-Protestant wars, the English Civil Wars, the, like... Uh,
0: right now? The
1: Crusades. Um, Like, yeah, you, you can look at some of the economic stuff that's going on in America, even, and, and trace it back, like all of these things and then along with it you have the the major credibility hits that that the that rightfully these Christian institutions take uh, on the upshot of it and and I think that the, the benefitter and all of that has to be Satan you know well, who's, I mean we are real about and plot this things, right so like
0: since the show started and especially since we relaunched in 2020 my life in the span of eternity not not immense. But in almost 35 mm-hmm. years, I have never seen anything like the devast Like, I've not seen personal relational devastation, like, with the regularity or severity that I've seen, like, mm-hmm. since the Trump presidency. And, like, that's yeah, wild. The way that the faith community has baptized him and somehow completely offloaded all. And and not everybody, but but the way some have completely offloaded, like every ounce of discernment, and like decency and holiness and consistency. Like every now and then on Twitter, I'll get salty. I I tweeted it, shared it, saved it, and every now and then I'll search it. Like Al Mohler, guy I used to respect a lot, yeah, guy who I don't care to listen to at all, and like makes me sad to think about now. In 2016, he. Said something to the effect of like, how could we possibly support a man like who is so beneath like the basic level of dignity? Like we will have no credibility left. Yeah. And then he's like stumbled for him in 2020 and like saying like, this is the Christian candidate that we need to support. Like crap like that. Like and not even just like, oh, spiritual leaders who I used to look up to. I don't look up to them anymore. And the stuff they've taught me, I now feel yeah. strange about like I'm talking about like family members, no, yeah. like people who I've known and have deep relationships with. So Trev, you were in my, I mean, this is a real personal. I don't mind. I, I won't say names, but like you were the best man and we were each other's best man in mm-hmm. each other's weddings. Right. I had maybe six or so guys Mm -hmm. In my wedding party, you're (laughs) like two or three of them, man. I I think they'd be happy never to talk to me again (laughs) for the rest of my life. Just based on political associations or political and spiritual alliances have merged. I feel like some of those guys are just like, yeah, he's done. I'm done with him. And like, we didn't even have a conversation of like, no, hey, I'm concerned about your shift. It's kind of like, Dead enemy, well, enemy, you dead to me, enemy, whatever. Like you moved out
1: of a, out of a certain community. So it's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, that's how it, that kind of ends up functioning. Yeah, it's man. Insane. It's hard. Cause like, you know, it was funny. Somebody and
0: for the people, it's, it's mainly like, there's two main ones. Like I, we grow up, I'm not in the same state as any of them, but like there are two in particular that like, I have tried to engage with sort of, and like zero, like to like light hostility. And I'm just like, yeah. literally i love jesus I, I i don't view the bible in the same way like we talked about on topic one but like i'm i am on this team yeah <laughs> I, I want the gospel to progress yeah. I'm, a, I'm a kingdom guy well and i know when you like, say
1: like like you reached out in a light way like for most people that would probably be like a major like try to reconnect you know what i mean like you're really good at connecting with people uh far away so i know that if you've reached out and connected with somebody like, and it got shut down, like it wasn't because you didn't try. What does it look like to say Christians should engage in politics? Because I had a friend who was like, hey, this church member has reached out and there's this book and, you know, it's kind of like this open letter to the church. And, you know, it was coming from somebody on the other side of the political aisle from me, who was like, yeah, churches should like really get incensed about these things and like really start stumping for all of these, like, basically GOP talking points. And it's like, okay, other than the fact that I disagree with the political side of it, do I disagree with what he's saying about how the church should be more engaged in the political side? And I think it's it's so hard to answer that question because it's like, yeah, on some level, I think if the lay Christians who know what they're reading in the scripture about Jesus and they see his heart of compassion, And they live it out with their own neighbors if they were actually being empowered to get involved in the political process and not in a way that is like institutionalized and controlled by, by corporate interests and like manipulated to be able to say that like, oh, well, these other things that have nothing to do with the Bible are actually like the, the Bible's like main values that you need to go preserve like private property, for example, like is a great one. Like people, people want to go to the old Testament and talk about private property. Like the, the old Testament, Israel had no concept of private property. Like the property of Israel. Like if you think about the land in Israel was not private, it was owned by God and God allotted it to the families and the tribes, and they had certain rights restricted on what they could do with it because it didn't belong to them. Also, at the same time, they had certain responsibilities, yeah to the how they were the, going to use that property to support people who were unlanded because God understood yeah. that that was going to be necessary. To support people who were going to be marginalized in this,
0: yeah, the provisions for the needy was a
1: God set an important up part of distribution that. to help out the lowly, like at the beginning that and you don't and, hear
0: a whole lot of hyperbiblicists uh going for that and one.
1: if if people want to say well that was old testament israel and we're not held to that standard actually if you read the prophets you find out that god through the prophets calls out the nations for not upholding that standard so actually it is god's moral standard he does hold america to it and we're failing so like he that is what you see in the scriptures now I think the other problem that you get in Christian thinking is that it tends towards uh, like autocracy, and the sure. reason is that you get these Christians who have very like high views of of their ability to interpret the word for everybody, <laughs> and how and how they think that if everybody just agreed with them on what the Bible said, that like we would all just be able to to flow into this flourishing society and I think people forget that the first thing you learn about politics from the Bible is that the only perfect government is Jesus's and you can't have it until he comes back so all right off the bat do your best right off the bat you're like okay everything that we try is going to be messed up one of the first things that follows from that is that you probably don't want to centralize power in a sinful person or a sinful institution and because of that like, Monarchies, autocracies, theocracies, which centralize power in a clerical uh, body, are all very terrible ideas for government. And I think think those are some first principles that Christians maybe need when engaging in politics that they sometimes miss. And that really Christian political engagement should do the things like Jesus did and should do the things like the prophets did. Advocate for the lowly, be the moral voice that that calls the government to task for its failings morally, right? Like it's right. It's it's okay to say like that dude's an adulterer. That dude's not f- faithful to his wife. That dude's evil to his children. That
0: dude, or like you know, those doesn't these treat men, staff right like, like, like these guys with their cronies are yeah. like for money, yeah, making it. Like flooding our communities with guns. Yeah. So that, like, our children are more at risk of getting shot than, like, anything else in the world. Like, that's evil. That's bad. Yeah. And, And like, there should should be engagement there. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So I think, like, we sometimes a lot of Christian political engagement in the US is around these kind of like mobilized and institutionalized, which typically is happening through, like, Billionaire funding that yeah. has very, that's, that's working through a number of different packs and shell companies and holdings and institutes and things like that, that are promoting you know, that,
0: that article you sent me was like,
1: yeah, dark in the, in the Texas monthly, they, they reported on um the financial impact of this one oil billionaire in from Midland, Texas Oof. Um, who teaches in Sunday school and all that kind of stuff. And he has a certain Christian nationalist vision, which is not uncommon. Like it's something that has, it's something that has existed on Christian talk radio and things like that for decades. I mean, three or four decades, but it's just over time as people have listened to that, like people have internalized that. And then people have acted on it because Christians have a lot of money and power in this country. Like they just do. And as much as people like to talk about how Christians are in persecution, like the systems that are coming about like in our country are very much under the influence and power of Christian people, right? Even when we see the evil like a Trump or like all these other things, a lot of them are people that will follow the the pecking order, right? That will do the thing like that. was one of the things the article talked about is how like they created these scorecards, and somebody would get this whole ad campaign, a smear campaign run against them that they were in league with the Democrats and they were yeah, if they got, you like, know, less voting than for whatever, transgender yeah. rights and all this stuff. If they just even dared to vote independently on certain like amendments to a bill, like if they even dared to express any kind of freedom in their vote as a representative of the people, mind you if they were being more uh, a representative if they were being more a representative of their constituents than they were a representative of the billionaire who funded them they yeah. would get primaried right they would they would have a challenger found and invested in who would and that's the state of our our government right and and so i get it when people are like a lot of the christians i talk to and a lot of them we've had on this podcast are like, "Man, I'm libertarian. Like, I just want everybody to be able to do their thing and leave me alone." But the, what yeah. they don't understand about that is, when libertarians, one of its goals is to have a smaller and smaller government, so that you know there's less possible interference into people's lives. The problem is, is that gives more and more room and less and less regulation to these billionaires who are centralizing power to represent them instead of the people. And that's that's wrong. That's evil. Like you know, I think these are some of the things that, that authors like James, like Isaiah, would call out in the Scripture. And so I think when you think about Christian political engagement, like we should be awake to what's happening in our nation, these things that affect our neighbors, that affect our community, that affect our children, that will affect our engagement in our own church. You know, like if. Businesses are given full freedom to exploit people so that you have to work three jobs to make ends meet. You're not going to have a lot of time to volunteer at the food bank because, or
0: like raise your kids,
1: or raise your or any, you know what I mean? Like any of this. Like yeah. there's like caring for the community, like caring for policies that preserve and support and protect a community these are things that are in line with biblical values and so yes we can't say on the one hand that that christians should be absent from politics and politics is the world's fear and the lord no no no. and we never have said that that, obviously but at the same time it's not so simple as just to be like yeah like yeah full full full-throated come on christians like let's get involved in politics because it's like when i look around like it's the christians being involved in politics that's the problem
0: yeah yeah recently um Phil Vischer on the Holy Post talked about that. Like it just being a very disorienting thing going like we were raised with like, you know, what would be great is if like Christians were making the agendas and leading the charge and like being the ones okay. who shaped our and society. We should
1: have known from history how terrible of an idea that
0: is. <laughs> and then in twenty twenty sixteen twenty twenty, 2016, 2020, all this, Has gone on and then we're like, oh, like the reason there is anarchy and chaos and relational destruction and all these things is because Christians are the ones running the show or at least in name. Like, Mm -hmm. so like, how do we reconcile? Like, that's just that's a very disorienting thing. We've had loads of guests talk about. Things in this. I so, have
1: no doubt that that guy hope. profiled by the Texas Monthly is a devout, godly Christian dude. Like, he seems like a guy who's really taken care of his family, who's always cared for his wife, who's, you know, always done right by his kids, like, who's served his community, who's given to his local church, like, who serves in his local church. I think we've, we had we get hit with so many headlines about people who are like, double dealing or, or they're, they're hiding a secret personal, Say that again. help wait, personal. Help understand devious. what you're saying. I'm saying is like so many times when we see,
0: you think that guy's a good guy is what you're saying?
1: Yes. I think he's a good guy who is doing evil work in politics.
0: I don't. So think, you think he is ignorant of like, yeah, I huh. think,
1: I think he's, an, you know, he's controlled by the ideas in the system as much as he promotes them. He's doing terrible things. Like, Honestly, he should know better terrible things in politics. But like, I think he personally, like so many times when I'm saying every
0: villain thinks that they're the hero, all that kind of deal. Right.
1: And we always think though, that like, oh, this, this conservative dude really doesn't practice what he preaches or, or he really has some gap in his personal moral life or what, because there's been so many stories like that, but that doesn't mean it's always the case. Like sometimes some dude is just a really nice Christian dude who's doing terrible, terrible things with his money like huh because interesting because he th- he thinks that that's the best thing to do but he's just terribly wrong about how the bible actually works in the government with a pluralistic society you know what i mean like and i think that's the tough thing to wrestle with right it's easier to just for them to be the baddies and for us out here wrestling to just be the people who are trying to figure it out but like i don't know he might have a closer walk with jesus than i do huh but that doesn't mean he's not having a terribly adverse effect on like millions of people in one of the largest states in the union.
0: I don't imagine, I, I don't think I lay, lay, line up with you on that, but I, I get what you're saying. And like, I why? Think that, what, like,
1: what causes him to have to be evil in his personal life?
0: Well, not Nothing. that you have to be evil in your personal life. If we all compromise, blah, 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 blah. But like, the idea of integrity is important. And if your entire M.O. is about undermining the systems of government for your own personal gains, like... That's not acting in integrity. It's, it's the evil, like that. But I not, doubt that. He like would, he doesn't have to be like beating up homeless people. No, like to be evil. Like I mean, like that's evil.
1: We're punching somebody who says, you know, something untoward about Donald Trump or around the White House. The things that he's doing with his money and with his companies and with a lot of his political effort for the last twenty years are are bad. Yeah. Only when you understand their, like only only when you value democracy. And you value public health and you value some of these, these greater values that we do because we, it seems like they line up with biblical values. But if instead you, inv- you value um, you know, a certain Christian theological agenda in government um, over everything, um, the privatization of all things like schooling and things like that over just about everything, if you think that you know Christian rights are more important than any other um, religious group's rights, um, then you would look at what he is doing and think of it positively. Like, I'm sure his pastor knows what he what this guy is up to and approves of it, right? Like, I don't know. This doesn't happen in a vacuum. Like, Te- Texas these, is extreme. These, but these ideas aren't. Like these ideas are vanilla Christianity for a lot of people. Huh. And when you actually get somebody who has, like there was a billionaire at one of the churches associated with one of the places we yeah. were school in some level, like just the mere existence of a Christian billionaire is troubling, but our theology made room for it. Why? Because I mean, fundamentally a lot of our theology is influenced by slaveholding. Right. So like there's all sorts of, weird well, it's so things funny. that we makes also makes moral room for
0: we like to take shots at the prosperity gospel while also going who should be our leaders who's who's got the best job who's got the most money <laughs> like in these churches who's yeah. the most like respectable which usually goes with like financial prosperity like all right make those guys the elders make those guys the the sunday school teachers put them in charge of discipleship like they're the The ones who we want to strive to be. Yeah, how many day laborers do you have as elders at at a local church? You know, like, I'm sure there's some out
1: there, and there should be. No, but like in the the
0: the fundamentalist places we came from, like, I've been involved with a handful of churches, not a ton, but like, I've sat in on elder meetings going like, how did some of these guys get here? Like, I know they're like respected people in the community but like the biblical literacy and like I'm sure that there was maybe some pride on my part but like hearing the words they were saying in conversation discussing I'm like yeah it's like some of the biblical literacy here is maybe not a uh, super duper up to par well how did these guys get here
1: yeah and sometimes not just the biblical literacy which is part of it but like the life basic life it, wisdom like yeah like biblical wisdom like I, I feel like there's there's guys that might not have all the theological answers
0: or learning. No, I was, I was saying what you're saying. Like, yeah, who are living out like the 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 walk of Jesus. You're like, I would follow that
1: guy so that I could be more like Jesus, right? Like, yeah. sure, that's what that's what you want to see in your elders, uh, and not just somebody who who is ha- successful, has been going to the church monetarily. for a while, and has a steady s- steady white collar job. Like, the you don't run a guy who lost. Well, the previous election, you don't like, I, when's the last time it's happened? It's been decades, right? Like you typically just don't do that.
0: Well, I mean, establishment versus.
1: And, whatever. and with Trump, what you essentially have, and because this is the reality is that you have a party that's saying he didn't lose the last election. And so you basically have a an entire canon the candidacy that is predicated on a lie, like a known lie, a provable lie. And
0: that, like, when brought to court, a lot of the people promoting the lie go,
1: "Eh, "Well, actually, yeah." And it's like you—you have on the one hand, as a Christian, as a Christian conservative, you have (laughs) the choice between okay, vote for this lie, vote for this lie, or vote for someone who might extend some rights to some people that you think maybe shouldn't get those rights in that way. This should be an easy choice. Really, should be. I'm hopeful though. I feel like we are at a dark place, and I feel like there's there's maybe an inflection point, uh, and and I'm hopeful that the inflection point is a good one.
0: No, I mean I I'm generally a hopeful person, so I I am as well, and yeah, I do believe in like people seeing and wanting better for themselves and for their community. So we'll uh we'll see see what happens. Hey Trev, yo. Substance shout outs, your favorite. Oh yeah, dude. Historically on yeah. the show. I came ready.
1: <laughs> I came ready this time. Good. Uh yeah, you know, I haven't been huge into the podcast scene recently. I haven't been huge into the TV scene. Did recently watch Killers of the Flower Moon. Oh,
0: nice. In one sitting? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have three kids, bro.
1: That was a three sitter. I, I think Scorsese was a little overindulgent in that one, but I, I did get like, there's definitely some like good fellas vibes. I didn't see the Irishman, but I could imagine some of the like the Irishman, a person who is so evil, but in the same term is so human. And so like, you know, he has some basic cares about his family, but just has no moral compass at all.
0: Ernest, like the yeah, Caprio's yeah, character. Yeah. Yeah. I did but, get to see it in the theater and it was, an exceptional experience, especially with like his background. I would have but, like I do get that like an it an exceptional would be, amount of bathroom trips. I, <laughs> I only here. took one very quick one. But I think it makes a great movie. I understand the people going, couldn't this be like extended even if you want? Make it like a five hour miniseries, five episodes or whatever. I think, or I think like, make it could have it
1: shorter. Yeah. And I, I thought the final act could have been better. Like I thought I felt like the huh. first two
0: so this is not part of your shout out. Center, no, it's not. It? It's not. Um, okay.
1: I'm just talking about movies. Cause you like to do that. I listen to a lot of music. You it's do kind of been where I've been at. Listen to a good, a good deal of rap music. Now, mainly thanks to RTJ four, which is such Timely an am- gotcha. amazing. Listen, people need to go back to that one. I, I know I've shouted that out a billion times, but I've been going back. So I have two, I'm going to, I have two that I'm going to shout out. And one of them, actually, I know sometimes our rap, shout outs don't sit well with all of the listeners because people have different feelings about swearing and content and things like that. If you want a classic rap record that holds up today, one of the pioneers is um, Eric B and Rakim paid in full 19, I believe. There you go. Um, It's, it holds up like just, just put it on and press play. Like it's, it's, it's a good like thinking about people who were literally coming out of like dance parties, emceeing, DJing, like that relationship and then turning that into an artistic thing where like they were one of the first to do it, where it wasn't just the like shouting into the microphone run DMC style, which is also excellent in its own right. My second one that I'll give is newer. So for people who want something more modern this is a 2023 ep i was listening to some london rap and there i was listening to this like whole
0: playlist today that's fun to do every now and then i haven't done that in quite a while and other than those two old guys pete and boss i don't know if you know them (laughs) uh i've not listened to any uk rap in a while
1: but like oh i I think i've heard of them yeah but
0: but you know it's really interesting because it's
1: like you just put a playlist on sometimes and then one artist stands out. Like you hear somebody and you're like, whoa, like that is excellent. And it stands out you have like just a, a big playlist, a bunch of everybody. And then like, and then you have, if, if you hear a couple of their songs and they all stand out. So then I went and listened to the EP and like the whole thing was great. Um, And so this EP is called we go again. It's by a rap artist. She goes by the name of any E N N Y. And um, it really kind of has some Lauren Hill type vibes to it, I feel like. Um, And it's a six song EP. So like, I'm not going to give you a, Hey, go check out this track. Just literally put it on a hit play. You know, if you got three and a half hours for Scorsese film, you got, you know, 20 (laughs) minutes for we go again, EP. Right. And I'm saying that not just to you, but to, you know, whoever listeners 40, you know, people watch a show, like you can listen to this EP, like just, Hit play. It's awesome. Nice. Like it it like off the very first bar. It's it's right into like when I think about substantive, there like it's there. So
0: I'll uh, I'll check her out tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. It, it's good. It's
1: it's in my opinion, it's it's excellent.
0: Just with work and stress like I have been keeping a lot of things very light. Author Claire Keegan, she's come up a few times before on the show. Hmm. She's got a new little anthology, short little book. You can read it probably in a couple hours. Uh, It's called So Late in the Day. There's three short stories in it. Just beautiful prose, beautiful, beautiful stuff. I think we first talked about her with the small things like these, the um, Christmas story. All of her stuff is very short beautifully written just so precise wonderful and then the other thing i will say very enjoyable and very substantive uh trevor you may enjoy this i don't know what streaming services you currently have but um it's fargo season five it's a completely standalone thing every season it's an anthology so every season is its own Mm -hmm. Uh, this one um (laughs) some of the themes we've talked about Uh, it primarily circles around a woman who we learn has escaped from this man who is a, a Christian nationalist sheriff, kind of Doug Wilson-y type guy with a compound and like a lot of bad stuff going on. She escapes Mm -hmm. and he some, he finds out she's still alive and tries to kidnap her and get her back. Oh Lord. Um, it, It plays on a lot of, Familiar themes in the Coen brothers body of work, not just Fargo. Um, but you don't re- you don't have to have seen any of the other Coen brothers stuff to get it. But in particular, there's this one character who's essentially like this immortal kind of similar um, cinematically to like the Anton Chigurh character in no country for old men. He's just like a death bringer. Like this is who he is. And his arc, particularly in the final season, I just listened to um, former guests Josh Larson and Abiel Chessy talk about it on a Think Christian episode. Wow. Dude, it was good to have you back, man. Yeah, it's fun. it's uh,
1: it's fun to be back. Fun to talk about some of these things, well, bro. Uh, and it was just good so to I talk to you. you. Talk every now and, and then. Come back. But, yeah, it was good to talk to you at length about things yeah, of substance. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me back. Appreciate you.
0: So there you have it. That was me and Trev, little substance reunion. Uh, I know we did have him on for Caitlin Chess, but yeah, this was this was a wonderful time, just catching up with my bud. So if you'd like us to do those a little bit more regularly, every now and then, shoot us an email, let us know. It sounds like Trevor's uh, Trevor's mind is turning, and we may have him back for future topic toss-ups. Uh, occasionally uh, in the future. So that was something you enjoyed. Let us know Uh, next time on the show. If everything goes according to plan and schedules are good, we're going to be having on an artist whose work I have admired for a very long time, who is an incredible storyteller and who has both in his work and in reality done some very important things for justice. So don't want to fully announce it yet because it's not in the can as of me recording this outro. But uh, very excited about that one, uh likely next time here on the substance so so thanks for joining us. Thanks for spending some time with me and Trev. This is something you love. Share it with your friends, consider joining us on the patreon and be sure to tune in to us here next time on the substance well, especially, I mean, we don't want to get off in here, and I mean, anyway. this kind of does dive in in some ways to our final topic, but like I'm still very much on social media, primarily for uh, the lols. No, I <laughs> would not anymore. Be the happy to get my lol's other places um, to promote the podcast mm-hmm. and hear about cool movies and share those with folks. But I forgot what kicked it off. Pause for editing and for me thinking, <sighs> and and for um, you sniffling. That's a, that's a good one. out. Yeah. <sighs> oh yeah. That's good yeah, yeah. 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 That's good for um, the B roll. That one time when you made the the super cut of all my sniffles.
1: I think I have that file somewhere still. That's hilarious.
0: Um, Where was I?